Real life sucks losers dry. If you want to fuck with the eagles, you have to learn to fly. Did you have a brain tumor for breakfast? My afterlife is so boring. If I have to sing Kumbaya one more time... You don't deserve my fucking speech. The note will give her shower nozzle masturbation material for weeks. I just killed my best friend. And your worst enemy. Same difference. They all want me as a friend or a fuck. Lick it up, baby. Lick it up. Grow up, Heather. Believe me, is so 87. Fuck you! I prayed for the death of Heather Chandler many times. And I felt bad every time I did it, but I kept doing it anyway. Now I know you understood everything. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Hi, I'm sorry. Technically, I did not kill Heather Chandler. But hey, who am I trying to kid, right? I just want my high school to be a nice place. Amen. Did that sound bitchy? You stupid fuck. You goddamn bitch. All we want is to be treated like human beings, not to be experimented on like guinea pigs or patronized like bunny rabbit. Watch it, Heather. You might be digesting food there. Yeah, where's your urge to purge? Fuck it. Did you see that? Heather number one just looked right at me. Oh, I like to suck big dicks. Oh, mmm, mmm. I can't get enough of them. Are you satisfied? If you were happy every day of your life, you wouldn't be a human being. You'd be a game show host. Did you hear? School's canceled today because Kurt and Ram killed themselves in a repressed homosexual suicide pact. No way. Dear diary. My teen angst bullshit has a body count. Veronica, why are you pulling my dick? My son's a homosexual, and I love him. I love my dead gay son. Chaos is what killed the dinosaurs, darling. Heather, why can't you just be a friend? Why are you such a mega bitch? Jesus. Is this turnout weak or what? I had at least 70 more people at my funeral. My name is Heather. No, it, it's not Heather. No, it's... It's Madonna. Fuck me gently with a chainsaw. Do I have a minute, Teresa? Yeah. Wait, what? Let me ask you something. Why would you make the point of saying someone's not a genius? You think I'm especially not a genius? Veronica, why are you pulling my dick? My fat one, you cheap dime store hood. Andy! You goody! Hello everyone and welcome to another installment of the greatest moments in the history of forever. I'm Zach. I'm Matt. And this is episode number 98. Heathers. Yes, that's right. Probably our favorite genre of film, whatever it is. Uh, you know, heavy influences clearly in one of our favorite movies, Jennifer's Body, collectively. Well, I would say that you can see the influence of Heathers in a lot of things. Right. You know, Mean Girls and all of Diablo Cody's writing. And Diablo Cody, uh, 
What's the other movie we like? Ginger Snaps. I don't know if I would really say it's that similar to Ginger Snaps. I would say that Jennifer's body is like a hybrid of Heather's and Ginger Snaps. Okay. But, yeah, it's kind of just a weird uh, cult classic high school movie from the late 80s um, that did not really... You know, make much of an impact upon initial release. I think it only made like 1.1 million in the box office or something. Yeah, pretty sad. <laughs> Even though it was like pretty well received critically, and I think it won like you know some independent spirit awards and whatnot. But I mean, it's a weird movie. It it didn't really gain its reputation until home video. The tone of it is pretty strange at times because it's like obviously there's dark material at work here but it never really feels that way and there's times that it feels a little bit tongue-in-cheek it's kind of, it, almost like a trauma film at times <laughs> trauma i mean it is just like because it doesn't really feel heightened in any way it's just like, well i would say that like there are some indicators that like it's kind of just goofy right and yeah, but I mean, yeah, the last like third of the movie is like, it's almost, we, you know, we were talking about this before we were recording. It's it's like, I've seen this movie a bunch of times and yet I always have a hard time remembering how it ends because it always just seems to go so far off the rails right. at one point yeah, that you're just like, it spirals out of control. You're just like, I have a hard time keeping track of what's happening anymore. Yeah. I certainly think like the first act is my favorite. Yeah. And the first half it, it kind of slowly, yeah, it just unravels, and it's hard to kind of keep you engaged the whole time because it gets so weird, and you're like, w- what is going on? Is this real at parts? And then you're like, oh, no, it's not real. <laughs> yeah, I, w- I mean, I would say, like, story-wise, the first half is much better than the second half, but there are definitely, like, a couple of really hilarious and things Christian in Slater, the second half. like, acts so weird in the movie that... It- if they revealed at the end that he was never real, I'd be like, yeah, that's right. Because he, he's, like, acting just so bizarre. He's not acting like a normal person. Right. Yeah, I mean... But I feel like if they revealed in anything that Christian Slater was in that his character wasn't real, I would believe it. <laughs> like Mr. Robot. Yeah. Spoiler alert. It was directed by Michael Lamont, uh, written by Daniel Waters, who was like a video store clerk in Silver Lake. You know, that old cliche wow, yeah. of the video store worker. You know, I, I, when I was doing like the kind of like the research leading into this, it's like I kept seeing everywhere, you know, in various articles and different kind of things, like things you don't know about Heather's or whatever. And it's like over and over, one of the things was that. Daniel Waters was really like adamant about trying to get Stanley Kubrick to direct this movie, and I wow. was just like reaching for the stars. Yeah, I was like, well, what? I don't know if we we really need to include that in every discussion about this movie because it's that's just like who cares? It's, yeah, seriously, it's so unfathomably. <laughs> he had not written any scripts to that point, and this was like a teen movie. I, I just I don't see. I don't see that happening. Oh, yeah, seriously. I mean, you and I want Christopher Nolan to direct our movie. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if we're just throwing out declarations and that's, like, uh, important information. Yeah, and I mean, okay, so we have Winona Ryder starring as Veronica Sawyer, uh, Christian Slater playing Jason Dean, a.k.a. J.D., very similar to, like, James Dean, also the J.D. from J.D. Salinger, who... Also a douchebag. <laughs> Who's a douchebag? Not J.D. Salinger, no, no. I hope. J.D. Uh, from the movie. 
Kim Walker as Heather Chandler, aka Heather Number One. My favorite Heather. Shannon Doherty as Heather Duke. Uh, I don't care how ridiculous Heather Number One is dressed in that funeral sequence. I am into it. <laughs> and uh, Lisanne Lisanne Falk as uh, Heather McNamara, and then various other people uh, that we'll kind of get to as we go. Yeah, this movie's kind of filled with like little weird things. It takes place in Sherwood, Ohio, which I guess is real, but I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. Um, and the name of the high school is Westerberg High, named after Paul Westerberg from The uh, Replacements. So there's a fun tidbit for you. Yeah, just little things like that. So right off the bat, I think is like the indicator that like you're dealing with like kind of a a different reality, kind of a you know, a farcical kind of thing where the absurdity is kind of addressed in a couple of different ways. You have the multiple Heathers all like, they just keep reiterating, like calling each other Heather. It's like, you're shot Heather. No, (laughs) you know, they keep saying like Heather to each other and you're just like, oh my God, all three of these girls are named Heather. And then it shows like Winona is like buried in the yard, like with just her head sticking out and then the croquet ball hits off of it. Which is absurd because and you're if like you, okay, I'm just gonna shut the Blu-ray off now. <laughs> if you buried someone in a yard, you would see that the like the grass was overturned and there would be dirt and stuff. It's like there's perfect grass all around. It's almost like she's growing out of the yard. So you're like, all right, this doesn't seem real, right? Yes, off the yeah, and, right. That, and that scene is you know, you can even in the context of this really bizarre movie, you have to kind of assume the scene didn't really happen because it doesn't make any sense and is never referenced or anything. Yeah, I'd say that's a safe assumption. And then later, you find out that they actually are playing croquet in Veronica's yard, not one of the Heathers' yard, which I was like, my mind is blown every time I watch the You're movie. Like, Holy shit! Because of, I think because Veronica's of, yard. Because of that opening scene. Yeah. Like, why is she buried well, in her own weird. yard? The dynamic of their whole group is weird because it's like, I know, like, Veronica really is, quietly doesn't really like any of them, but it seems like Heather, number one, is like, they're friends in whatever weird way, but it feels like she's not even really friends with the other two. But she hangs out with them all the time. Yeah, it's almost as if the three Heathers were the popular girls from, you know, junior high on. Yeah. And then Veronica got really pretty and kind of outgrew her old friends. She got the good genes. And Heather number one, Heather Chandler, recognized, like, holy shit, this, gotta is, pull her this is the real girl who's like my friend i can see where this is headed yeah like i have to befriend her or else she might overthrow me kind of thing <laughs> keep her at bay yeah so it's like she does seem to have like kind of this weird relationship with veronica as opposed to the other two heathers which are much the other two heathers are much more they're more like okay. lackeys yeah they're okay with being like subservient lackeys to the you know head bitch in charge like right. they're like much more willing to take a step back whereas like veronica's more of like the free thinker and she doesn't quite fit the mold but she's kind of enticed by the popularity heather number one is always kind of trying to like i don't know make these like wise cracks at veronica and keep her in her place a little bit well that's the thing it's like you know heather chandler uh who is like you know the, the leader of this group and is a horrible person is hilarious and very like razor sharp wit yeah and has like some of the best lines in the movie and so as like a viewer you don't necessarily hate her no she's a fun time (laughs) you're kind of like 
I can kind of see why the school worships her because she's really pretty, and, and I mean, she's she also a cold bitch too. Yeah, and she also like cracks the whip when it comes to like the the jokes and like just how mean because she's mean, but it's like it's the truth. still funny. <laughs> well, yeah, it's like. If she wasn't as funny, you would just be like, oh my god, what a cunt. But like, instead, you're like, holy shit, that was really clever. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And so, yeah, I mean, you get that pretty quick. Yeah, Um, she'd be putting us right in our place. So the first thing we hear is uh, some narration from Winona Ryder, which will kind of, you know, go on throughout the film. And she says, Dear Diary, Heather told me she teaches people real life. She said, real life sucks, losers dry. You want to fuck with the eagles, you have to learn how to fly. <laughs> That's a good point, though. I mean, really, Heather, number one, full of wisdom. Yeah, I mean, a, a true, like a good heel believes they're right. And so it's almost like she, you know, Heather Chandler doesn't see herself as this evil person. She sees what she's doing as justified and right she's in the a world. She's a truth seeker. Yeah, she's dropping truth bombs on Westerberg right. High. Yeah. And she's only a junior, which we'll find out shortly, which is kind of crazy that she seemingly dominates the school. She's the most well, important mean, student, and she's a junior, which is fun. I um, mean, she would dominate my life. <laughs> yeah. So one of the first things the Heathers do, I guess, at lunch, and this is kind of funny because I think, like, uh, Michael Lamont, the director, has talked about, you know, because obviously I, I, we joked about Daniel Waters wanting Stanley Kubrick to direct this. He's kind of like referenced this opening cafeteria scene as like they were kind of almost emulating like uh, something out of Full Metal Jacket or Platoon or something like that, <laughs> where it's it's kind of just done in like this very bizarre way of like long takes and like different perspectives. I don't know. It's 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 very like chaotic feeling and oh, frenzy, yeah. but it it never struck me as too weird it's because like I was Joffrey's like, wedding in that Game of Thrones episode. <laughs> yeah, it's very. Uh, <laughs> crazy but i mean there are definitely were time periods maybe more so in middle school than high school but there definitely were lunch periods that i had in my life that that seemed reminiscent of this like very kind of zooish almost like very wild yeah i did not like lunch period i just wanted to get out of there yeah well dude we fucking had lunch at like 10 30 in the morning some years oh yeah there was i think there and was just like, be all, like well, what, i'm not even hungry which i mean this will give you some good background as to like what's going on with me and where i'm headed but it's like i i'm pretty sure there was like a full year where like i would just get a cookie for lunch every day <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean we it's not like any you you necessarily ate anything because like i said I, the lunch period times were bizarre yeah a lot of years you know we might have like three four different lunch periods so it's like some years i didn't have lunch with my, like my you know close friends yeah the the crew so then you're you know you're really scrambling oh yeah making <laughs> then some it's like interesting full on panic as to where you're gonna sit yeah <laughs> so the first thing the heathers do uh is they write they have uh veronica write a fake love letter to a unfortunate heavyset girl named martha dunstock that they refer to as martha dump truck (laughs) (laughs) clever bunch early this is like an early establishment of veronica's forgery skill which will kind of be a crucial plot point a crucial plot point and in a weirdly specific skill to have (laughs) and then you have Heather Chandler, Heather number one, she's kind of conducting a lunchtime poll. She refers, 
she's kind of like has some mean digs at like her cohorts, the other two Heathers, and she refers to Heather Duke. At, she says like you're such a pillowcase, which a I found hilarious. B, but B you didn't don't know understand. why. Yeah. yeah, no idea what that right. means. <laughs> there's a, there's definitely some humor in this where I'm like I am assuming that's funny, but I don't exactly <laughs> well, know what that laughs. means. <laughs> and then this is our first like uh, sight of JD played by Christian Slater, kind of just lurking in the corner of the cafeteria, observing Veronica with the Heather's. You know, silently judging, being a creep. Oh well, come on. <laughs> All of the above. So. Heather Chandler takes Veronica around uh, to the different lunch tables. They pass um, Betty Finn, who we kind of very quickly get the backstory kind of summarized in just a handful of lines between Veronica and Betty, where it's kind of like, A, hilarious, Betty and Veronica, Archie comics. But Betty is kind of like digging out some polaroids of like a halloween that they spent together as children this is one of many just sad scenes yeah you get like movie. a lot here you're kind of like okay i understand veronica used to be friends with betty and betty is still a loser and veronica has ditched her in favor of the popular heathers and and i mean come on to be fair to betty it's like we talk about it all the time we talked about it during this movie we talked about it as recently as before the podcast Betty is cute. I mean, yeah. this is not fair. Yeah, she's a, she, in real life, she's actually the sister of Emilio Estevez and Charlie Sheen. But yeah, I mean, there's nothing that breaks my heart more than just like sad. Oh, it's it's rough. Sad, pitiful girls It's in up movies. there with that little girl who did the voice from Land Before no, Time. No, 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 don't bring that up. <laughs> That's like real life. Yeah, I'm talking about just like characters. Oh, okay, got it. <laughs> They're on the same level Jesus for me. Christ. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. For some reason, it doesn't really bother me whenever it's like a dude that's like a loser and uncool in a movie, which I guess probably because that happens all the time. Yeah. There's I always mean, like nerd loser right. guys in I movies. Think, yeah, guys are inherently good at just being like losers, can sit at home, be by themselves. <laughs> but it is there is just something sad about the girl who lost a friend to popularity (laughs) (laughs) it's a very specific thing but you do see it occasionally that's right and it's so heartbreaking for me i don't know why i can't take it (laughs) so then um you know veronica is kind of uh bitching a little bit of that heather only asks uh the popular girls uh the question and the question of the day is so say you win five million dollars in like a cl- publisher's clearinghouse, but then aliens show up and announce that the world will end in two days. What do you do with the money? A ridiculous question. It's, yeah, it's so stupid. How could that be a poll? <laughs> There'd yeah. be like an infinite amount of answers. So well, it's yeah, like I don't it's know, like what the- uh, Family Feud question. So Veronica's bitching that that Heather only only wants to ask the popular kids, and this is when Heather gives one of her like iconic lines from the movie. Where she says, fuck me gently with a chainsaw. Do I look like Mother Teresa? If I did, I probably wouldn't mind talking to the geek squad. And then she like points over at like a table full of losers and this <laughs> yeah. guy like chokes on some milk. Right. And he like <laughs> literally is me. Yeah. He <laughs> looks like me and reacts like I would that if part she pointed at me. R- written down in your notes just says us. <laughs> yeah. Motions to star us. <laughs> yeah. I mean, fuck me gently with a chainsaw. You know, obviously... For people who were aficionados of the uh, 
pop punk emo scene of That's the right. early 2000s will recognize a lot of thi- yeah a lot of things yeah a lot of song titles album titles lines Lyrics, from this movie yes <laughs> you know like from first to last senses fail etc so i love that line because it, it's just such, such a weird thing to say oh yeah <laughs> fuck me gently with a chainsaw yeah and i i, w- I would say that like uh heather chandler kind of her like responses to things are very like creative but they're also like very over the top where you're just like and confusing Jesus, like right. calm down like yeah that's <laughs> abrasive it's 10 in the morning veronica barely says anything and she's just like fuck me gently with a chainsaw yep <laughs> um so then we see a montage of answers to the question uh the five million dollar world end in two days and my favorite is the one jock guy who we'll meet kind of later in the film ram says i'd pay madonna a million dollars to sit on my face and have her ride like the kentucky derby <laughs> and i'm just like i love this in his mind that madonna would just be willing to do this with this guy right for a million dollars as if she doesn't have enough money <laughs> I don't know. We've had some hypotheticals That's before true. Yeah. that we've been throwing out <laughs> in regard to famous women. I'm not going to get specific because they're even more depraved <laughs> yeah. than that. And only $1,000 on the table at times. <laughs> I'm like, well, what about 500 bucks cash? <laughs> <laughs> and then we see, of course, Martha Dunstock, who I'm going to f- refer to from here on out as Martha Dumptruck, humiliating herself over the note she kind of takes it over to the popular jock boy that i guess the note is supposed to be from that veronica Veronica another sad moment and then we see we cut to jd judging even further and veronica kind of regretting that she's taken part in this because it's almost like veronica this is shameful behavior veronica has a conscience but she is very easily swept up in the Heather's oh, yeah. world, and it kind of takes this. She enjoys fucking being in the mix, being on this level. It, yeah, it kind of takes like the obnoxious JD, who you know, full disclosure, we can't stand. Right, he's and a, is he's a terribly annoying. Right. Yeah. but it takes him to like rattle her out of it and be like, "All right, I don't need to, you know, get sucked into Heather's bullshit anymore." And it really, I mean. It really does, for the first part of the film, kind of become this thing between Heather Number One and Veronica, where the other two kind of step back. Yeah, the obviously fun part of the movie. that dynamic will change pretty drastically, you know, fairly early on in the film. But that's kind of how it sets up. I did like the Heather Duke bulimia scene, like right after this, where she's going to have like Veronica stick her fingers down her throat. <laughs> it's a team effort, kind of like an odd thing, and. uh <laughs> Heather Chandler's like, like, come on, Heather. Bulimia is so 1987. And then, you know, they're going into the stall to do this. And she's like, let's get another look at today's lunch. <laughs> she's always got like these great so lines. <laughs> so then we get the first interaction between Veronica and JD. Clearly, you know, setting the audience up for what will be a romance between the two characters. As I mentioned, though, JD is just like the worst. Unbearable. <laughs> I mean, he's dressed like a Columbine school shooter. Oh, he kind of baggy pants a little bit. He is trench one, coat basically. mafia, yeah. <laughs> As we're going to find out in about five seconds, he literally is one. Right, with uh, no consequences, though. <laughs> so Ram and Kurt, the two jocks, uh, one of which was 
the one that Martha Dump Truck went up to. They come over and they're like, oh, you know, didn't you hear the school has a no fags allowed policy? A lot of, you know, free-flowing use of the word fag oh, throughout this movie. Yes. It was a different time. Certainly. There's a lot of things going on in this movie that you're like, wow. But there's like a... But I will say, though, that the, that the homophobia of Kurt and Ram is pretty intentional and heavy-handed and then you kind of see it plays where it's out all yeah going it's to. going somewhere so jd stands up and shoots them both and you're just like what the Holy fuck shit yeah i wasn't expecting that to happen and then there's just a cut to scene yeah it cuts to the girls playing croquet and uh heather mcnamara who i kind of think of as like the tall heather the cheerleader heather she says, they won't expel him. They'll probably just suspend him for a few weeks or something. <laughs> and you're, and like, you're just like, what? wait, what? And then you find out the truth, which is that although it was a real gun, they were blanks. Right, which <laughs> I'm just uh, it's like, like, shouldn't he still go to jail? It's insane. <laughs> yeah, and it's definitely like a just a kind I of mean, artifact of a different time. Something that would be certainly in poor taste now. I feel like, poor taste. What? I mean, yeah, you would be kicked out of school and probably go to jail. I don't and, mean that. I mean putting it in a movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, school shootings are in poor taste. <laughs> well, one of the things, you know, uh we we didn't talk about this on mic yet, but, you know, similarly to how Picnic and Hanging Rock became a show, and less than zero that we did recently is going to become a show. I guess like Heather's th- has become a show and has already filmed and was set to debut on the Paramount Network, which used to be Spike, yeah, or something. That's correct. That got delayed because of you know the big school shootings that have happened this year, and, and because then, it stinks. Well, yeah, I, I've, I've, I, I'm assuming it's terrible, but. Now it's seemingly been scrapped completely by Paramount, and they're trying to shop the show around. I don't know if it'll find a home. It just seems like people are unable to kind of like deal with this as kind of a topic worthy of, you know, parody or comedy or whatever. I'm not really sure what the new series was going for, but... People weren't ready to deal with Heather's, and this no, was not into th- it. this scene alone is kind of just insane. Uh, where you're like, yeah, I mean, they're blanks or whatever, but it's just like, yeah, that would never fly. A student is pointing a gun at two other students. <laughs> so you know, they're kind of, the the girls are the the three Heather's and Veronica are kind of discussing this, and it kind of becomes pretty obvious that Heather Chandler, Heather Number One, doesn't like the whole Veronica JD thing already. She can feel it already. She can kind of see the wheels are in motion between these two. Yeah, and she's trying to assert dominance over the group, and Heather Duke, played by Shannon Doherty, is like annoying her. And Heather says something like, did you have a brain tumor for breakfast? (laughs) Which is unfortunate because the actress playing Heather Chandler, Kim Walker, died in 2001 of a brain tumor. So she makes this joke and then dies in real life. Of a brain tumor. And your reaction was just like, wow. Because I mentioned it right before she says the line. Well, it's like (laughs) if we were watching Fast Five and Paul Walker just says to Vin Diesel, did you eat a car crash for breakfast? (laughs) Yeah, it's exactly like that. That I was like, wow, that is nuts. (laughs) Because you had just told me like a few minutes ago. Now, I'm pretty sure this actress died of like a brain tumor or something. (laughs) And then like... On note, like, within the next five minutes, she just blurts out, did you eat a brain tumor for breakfast? Yeah, I mean, I think, and 
the only reason that I didn't like fully commit to saying it, I was like, I'm pretty sure she died of a brain tumor was because I, I kind of remember that that line, and I'm like, am I getting that line confused with what I knew she was dead and I knew she died pretty young, but I was like, I think it's a brain tumor, but I know she makes that joke. There's no way that yeah. And then it's like I'm looking <laughs> it up like, as she's saying it, and I'm like, oh wow. <laughs> Which is one of two moments where we'll have a moment like this in this movie. <laughs> yeah. So hold on, there, yeah, we're not done yet with, with Heather's, you know, blurring the lines <laughs> between reality and right. fiction. But um, should be pointed out, truly one of the great tragedies of my life that Heather number one no longer well, let's with be us. Real though, she would be pretty old now. Well. But let's be pretty real. I'd still be in. Uh, I think you're still in. Yeah. (laughs) It's a Neon Demon situation. Luckily, no one's seen Neon Demon, so (laughs) we'll not get that reference. So Heather Chandler and Veronica are going to go to this Remington party. It kind of has been referenced a couple times. Remington, I guess, is like a local school. And so, again, it's kind of building up this idea that there's more of a relationship slash competition between Heather and Veronica than... Heather and the other two lesser Heathers. Heather's parents are, or I mean, Veronica's parents are dipshits. We meet them briefly here. But yeah, they're very kind of dopey. I do think it's funny that like her mom comes out and says, Heather, your mother's here. And there's no confusion amongst the group as to who it is. Oh, right. And the tall Heather's just like, whoever wants a ride, come come with me or whatever. And then yeah. they all leave. I mean, I guess that could have been worked out in advance of like whose parents was coming to pick them up or whatever. But, but this it's could have like, set up for kind of a funny moment, and it just goes by. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, well, yeah, that's. I think the funny moment is that throughout the film, there's never any confusion. It's right. almost like in uh, Star Wars, whenever like Chewbacca talks, or like, <laughs> and everyone just moves on, instead or of like, being like what, or Guardians of the Galaxy, whenever. Groot just says I am Groot and they know what he's saying or whatever. Yeah, it's just like it's just like in those movies it's like wh- who, who depending on who it is they just say Heather and it's like there's never any confusion as to which Heather they're talking about. They just right. know. So on the way to the party that Veronica and Heather are going to um she runs into JD at a convenience store f- kind of furthering some sort of thing developing between the two of them and then in regard to her friends she says it's like they're people I work with, and our job is being popular and shit. Right. <laughs> because she's like, I don't really like my Which friends. Definitely... And JD's like, I don't like them either. Yeah, but then no that's what she does. says. It's like it's almost like they're co-workers to her. And I think that's kind of interesting. It kind of is establishing the idea of like kind of popularity as something. And like social roles. Yeah. It's becoming it's... something that you actively are a part of. Like you're consciously... Making a choice to do these things. Right, yeah. I mean, it kind of... You're living the gimmick at that point. Yeah, in a weird way, it kind of changes. It kind of is like almost a fake out as to what the movie is really going to be thinking about. Because, yeah, popularity, I think, is definitely an important theme in the movie. But it's this movie is much more of an indictment on groupthink. But not in the way that you would think with popularity. More about, like, responding to teen suicide and... Uh, murder and these kind of things rather than, you know, just a straight-up Mean Girls yeah. style movie. It's kind of like uh, World's Greatest Dad. Did you ever see that movie? No. That's kind of like this, too. Oh, Like, Robin Williams' son commits suicide in that, and it's kind of the way people are reacting to it, and he's kind of, like, taking advantage of it. It's very similar. Oh, yikes. Not a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
they get to the Remington party and it's very like date rapey and bleak. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. it's seemingly supposed to be like a college party, but it, it it almost seems like it's taking place in some sort of rundown apartment, like in this like a mean streets of some city. It's like a yeah, it's like a college party, except. It's the townies who didn't attend college. That, yeah, that's definitely that's what like it seems like. It doesn't seem like it's definitely not like a frat house. It's not like dorms. It's not like the typical. It's the dudes that graduated and just work like at the Denny's. I will say that in this particular sequence, uh, Heather uh, number one and Veronica do both look amazing. Thank you for pointing that out. Uh, Heather gives like a kind of a semi reluctant BJ. <laughs> while Veronica starts a fire in a trash can outside and then it kind of like devolves from there um we're kind of getting it's kind of weird how they set this up cuz we're kind of cutting back and forth between the party and then like after the party where Veronica's writing about it in a journal in which she wears like a monocle which is really ridiculous maybe absurd, the worst not moment great. of Winona Ryder's career yes i would say and i'm including all of the terrible movies and also her shoplifting days i don't know what's going on why is she wearing a monocle yeah (laughs) like what is happening it's not great but um she says something along the lines of betty betty finn was a true friend and i sold her out for a bunch of swatch dogs and diet coke heads yeah which is literally something diablo cody well yeah come on 2018 but just filled with regret over the choices that she's made self-loathing a little bit well because we don't really know why yet and then we see that, like, the dude that kind of, you know, separates and goes off with Veronica is getting, like, very date rapey. And, you know, she's kind of, like, having to fight him off. And then she throws up later, and Heather just kind of laughs at her. And yeah. then they have a further falling out outside. Heather, uh, just a true maniac. Where they're just yelling at each other. And she's like, and Heather's just like, you were a a bluebird you were a brownie you were a girl scout cookie and i saved you and i blah 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 and then you you repay I me and you puke. Out of obscurity and i turned you into something basically yeah, yeah. it's like and how do you repay me you repay me in puke <laughs> and veronica's like lick it up baby <laughs> <laughs> i do like that part and then so she's like venting like in her journal or her diary or whatever and that's when jd Comes in through Veronica's it is a very, window. Just aggressive friendship, though these two have. Oh well, yeah, yeah they're, they're they're frenemies, right? Yeah, they hate each but other. But now we get to this point, yeah, where he's just coming in the window. How Again, does he- every fucking? I mean, I understand most of the things we see this in. People are friends, and guys are climbing to the second story to get into girls' windows, or vice versa in Dawson's Creek. But it is like for a trope that's often used. Can anyone say that? In high school, people were just coming to their second-story window and coming in, particularly someone you just met. Well, also, how does he even know where she lives, let alone where her bedroom is in the house? Well, I mean, clearly, he's a creep. Yeah, it does make you, I would say some... Start to think, like, like, did he... White stalking going on. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, did he know... Like, was he following her? Did he already know about the Remington party? Did he know that... They were stopping at that convenience store, like you know. In other words, was the convenience store run in not an accident? I'm gonna say no. I don't know. I don't think anything's an but, accident. You know, she's and- clearly an idiot because she fucks him in the backyard, right? And then it's just like it cuts to them being nude, and then they're kind of she's kind of venting more about Heather, and so they go to Heather's house for some early morning revenge, and Veronica is kind of just thinking like, let's make her puke 
style revenge, but it's clear that JD's got something much more sinister on his mind. Certainly. And, you know, they're like, well, what can we use to, like, make her drink and have her, like, throw up or whatever? And Veronica's coming up with, like, really lame things. Like, let's let's mix milk and orange juice together. Yeah, Veronica, not a great mastermind for revenge. Well, it doesn't seem like she even gets what's happening. Because JD's like, let's make her... A recurring kind of thing with her (laughs) and her whole little uh, relationship with JD. Yeah, I mean, you could make the case, I guess, that... Especially later on, that Veronica's maybe like willfully in denial. Well, that's one of those things that kind of makes it seem like Christian Slater isn't real. Like, <laughs> how could you not know? It's like, that's why I feel like you can make this argument that he's this weird figure of her subconscious or something. I would agree with you, but I don't want to get into the end of the movie. Just uh, right, yeah. And I would on, say yeah. that like the end of the movie kind of ruins that. Obviously, that theory doesn't hold up. I'm just saying it kind of feels that way. No, at I time. get it. Because Veronica, who seems super bright, and she even tells JD earlier that she there was a time whenever it had been considered advancing her from sixth grade straight to high school because yeah. she was so smart. And yet... She seemingly is an idiot about right. a lot of different things when it comes to Not really her friends. Those uh, brains, her, her classmates getting murdered, because JD basically just takes like some chemical and puts it in a thing. It's like a blue drain cleaner thing or something. And Veronica accidentally, accidentally, quote unquote, takes the wrong mug, and you know they kind of uh, use reverse psychology pretty easily on Heather Taylor, and she just yep. drinks it and. Um, she crashes through like this glass table and she's dead and that's it for Heather. <laughs> Veronica and really it for the fun part of the movie. <laughs> Veronica's well, unfortunately I still have like five more pages of notes. <laughs> Veronica's like, I just killed my best friend and JD's like, and your worst enemy and she says, Same difference. Well, yeah. <laughs> now it is kind of like Spring Breakers where Selena Gomez just kinda out of the picture. <laughs> right. <laughs> It's kind of, yeah, it's there. kind of like a separate movie. Although she, I will say, Heather, uh, her specter looms large over the rest of the film. That's kind true. of frames yeah. the rest of it. And also she does show up in a dream sequence eventually. But the suicide thing, you know, becomes an idea after they've killed her. And they're kind of like, at least Veronica's panicking. I don't know if JD really cares one way or the other. But Now, what was his life like? before this and what really is his motivation here well he does reveal a little bit of his backstory later which i guess is what you're supposed to take but i mean i don't know now he's clearly some issues a lot of moving around the father there's a i mean i know you have to have notes on this but well i do but not disturbing (laughs) relationship i just wrote that the relationship is weird and creepy but okay well that definitely seems like the story is really with the mother who died but well, we'll that's get to a bummer. That. So Veronica uses those forgery skills, which you know were established very early on, to right. write a suicide note for Heather. Wait, can't you forge people's handwriting exactly how it is? <laughs> I know a way out of this. And then they fight over using the word myriad in the note, which is kind of funny. And then we cut to a teacher's lounge scene, which is kind of weird and random. And they're discussing like an action plan. And I think it's funny then that one of the teachers... I guess, like, Heather's English teachers, like, she used the word myriad, which she got wrong on the <laughs> test or whatever. Not um, a, a lot of police in the movie. They are, they do appear not 
People you know, very willing to believe suicide right off not, the bat. Not uh, Westerberg's finest or whatever, but... No. Oh, well, Sherwood is where they live. Oh, but. that's right. Yeah. So the other two Heather's reactions, Heather McNamara... So those cops just show up one, and no, they're just like, get that suicide note. And they're like, yep, that's her handwriting. Case closed. Yeah, we never even see uh, Heather's family. I'm, I'm presuming... I mean, there is a funeral scene, but like, it's never really... I don't think specified who, who like her family now, is. I know, yeah, and this is pre-CSI, but their prints have to be all over this crime scene. Well, you know how it is in yeah, small towns. I got it. If it's if it's see if it looks like a suicide, then it is. Case one. closed, see you at the pub. Yep. <laughs> so Heather McNamara, she's disappointed they don't get a you know, a full day off. And Heather Duke's reaction you. Shannon Doherty, she just starts eating chicken wings, <laughs> and she's not going to throw them up now. No. It's almost like their oppressor There's has a relief. Been, yeah, it's like, well, I don't know, McNamara just is kind of like off in her own world, but Duke is like, I don't have to be worried about being skinny anymore. Yeah, well, it seemed like <laughs> she took it the worst when, you know, the power, whatever, was in place. I, I, I kind of feel like Shannon Doherty was the low totem. Yeah, she was like... She was definitely like the whipping girl, but things are going to be changing for her pretty quick. Certainly. Um, so, and then Veronica just steps into the locker room shower and turns it on fully clothed, which is actually <laughs> Weird a, move. A, kind of a pretty hot scene, but it's it's kind of like showing her like emotionally she's kind of the only one feeling this, even though she's the one that killed her. <laughs> the other people are kind of just like nonplussed by this suicide and yeah. she's the only one kind of reacting to it in a normal way and she's the one that actually did it yeah as we pointed out actually no before we get to jd and his dad uh so then there was like the one teacher who's kind of thrilled she usually uses the word thrilled to have this opportunity <laughs> interesting perspective her name is mrs fleming and she's kind of one of those characters that gets way more important by the end of the movie and you're kind of like not even sure who it is for 75%, but she's kind of like this hippy-dippy teacher who is taking these, uh, this suicide as a chance to talk about emotions, and she's thrilled to have this opportunity. Oh, this and is her she, moment. She, she talks about the pathetic beauty of uh, Heather's suicide note, which she somehow has. <laughs> it's not evidence, I People guess, People making anything. copies. Yeah. God forbid we just give it to her parents or her family. Somehow the teacher has it. <laughs> Um, and it definitely, it's, it, you know, I think Veronica even says, like, Heather Chandler is more popular than ever now because she's become, like, this uh, focal point for the entire school. And people who previously hated her now see her as some sort of emotionally deep person that they never really knew. And all of, like, the bad things that she did are forgotten. And she's just become, like, this tortured soul and this icon of teen sadness for these people and it's like they've somehow made her even bigger of a thing than she was in life um, right and now this is jennifer's body exactly basically i mean not the girl that of. dies but i just feel like the people reacting to this stuff with it now it's not suicide well yeah there's there's there, i was thinking that too when we were when i was w watching it but I do think that the kind of the commentary on grief is slightly different and the reaction is different. Like I, I think that in Jennifer's body, it's more like the people kind of just move on at a certain point. And with this, it's like they it's, get into it's the more, band. It's more about like reveling in it. Yeah, that's true. 
and you know i think we'll get there you know after you know some more things happen but it's kind of becomes more of like a thing like teen suicide becomes like this thing that is not seen as something like horrible that could happen but more of just like a choice like i think the teacher at one point says like whether or not you commit suicide is one of the most important decisions a teenager will make (laughs) you know stuff like that right so yeah as we mentioned we kind of meet jd's dad and and they kind of have this weird thing where jd pretends to be the dad and his dad pretends to be the son and it is fucked up it feels (laughs) sexual Certainly for you it did. Well, absolutely. Uh, So Heather Chandler's funeral was kind of like, you know, an all-out big-time affair. For me, you know, one of the things that's kind of just bizarre is the kids coming up to basically kneel beside the corpse and pray over it. I'm just like... I don't like that. Would they have a bunch of kids do this to another kid that died? It's very bizarre. Right. I don't like it. It's unsettling. (laughs) But it kind of just gives you a chance to hear the thoughts of all these different characters. Unfortunately, one of the characters who is kind of just like a peripheral student who kind of has some lines here and there, doesn't factor too much into the plot, is uh, a character named Peter Dawson, played by Jeremy Applegate. Oh, is this the other part? Yeah, and he says, his prayer is, Dear God, please make sure this never happens to me because I don't think I can handle suicide. Applegate in real life committed suicide March twenty third two thousand at age thirty four. Now this by a self inflicted gunshot wound. Second of these two <laughs> moments in this movie where it's like we're just kind of watching it. The Did other he... part had already happened, and Zach at some point is just like when we see this dude is like now this guy actually did kill himself. And, and then, then a minute that- later he says, "Please God, don't let me kill myself." <laughs> it was like insane. I don't know why we're laughing at this. It's horrible, but it it's is just dark, like it's but- so weird that this is. There's two of these moments in this movie. Yeah, and the minister, Father Ripper, uh, played by Glenn Shaddix, who I think a lot of people would recognize Beetlejuice. From Beetlejuice. Right. He died at a pretty early age. I mean, he made it all the way to fifty. He didn't look in great health. I think he just died though from like a fall, like in his house. <laughs> you. <laughs> It's like old people where it's just like they fall and it's like it's over, but yeah. that you at like 36. <laughs> they break a hip and yeah. it's they're done. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, a lot of weird kind of early deaths for people in this movie, which is kind of unfortunate. But, you know, moving on, uh, I, I did like Heather McNamara at the back of the church fixing her hair with the holy water. <laughs> yeah, that and is she's, good. You know, she says that Ram, one of the jocks, has asked her out, but he wants to do a double date with his friend Kurt. And she wants, so she's trying to get Veronica Bold move. to come along. What a move to just ask a girl out and be like, well, on the stipulation that my friend comes and takes your friend out. <laughs> and then, of course, Ram and Kurt are like fighting nerds and beating them up outside the church at the funeral. Oh, which yeah. Is, I don't even know if this scene is like fully played for how absurd it is and like the laughs of it, but it definitely reminded me of, um, well, like I had a girlfriend that was two years younger than me. When she was like a senior in high school, so it was like right, you know, kind of pushing it, but still <laughs> within the realm of acceptable morals. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like twenty, and she was eighteen, and you know, she has like her senior prom, and I'm like, all right, well, I guess I'll go. Which oh is man, that must kind have been a of tough a, conversation. Uh, it was a beatdown on me. Yeah. This was like my third prom, but like not even oh, in a no. row, not in a row because I didn't go. 
the first year I was out. Oh, boy. Yeah, so you can see things <laughs> not great right. for me. So it's bad enough that I'm at this prom, and it just, like, I would say, like, you know, it's in, like, this ballroom at a hotel. It's, like, pretty big, and then, like, everybody's wearing, like, you know, tuxes, as you do. And within, like, a few minutes of, like, people, of it being the time where everyone has to like actually come in and sit down. Cause you kind of have that like free time at the beginning right. or whatever. So everyone's like, and then all of a sudden like a fight is breaking out and there's like two people fighting <laughs> in like, like tuxes punching each other. Yeah. Wow. And they're both like thrown out of the, the prom. And I guess like their dates probably had to leave too or in uh, the whole thing or whatever. Oh my gosh. Those girls. And I was just thinking those like, poor girls lives ruined over that. <laughs> yeah. So classy. Yeah. And I was thinking like, yeah, that would be like, uh, you know, because I think a lot of people probably experience. You were like, like, I should just get in a fight, and then I can get out of here. <laughs> Believe me, I, I did get into a fight. Ah. <laughs> no, actually, I don't know. I probably just fell asleep. Right. But uh, no, I mean, you know, I think most people—not most people, but a lot of people—probably experienced like an unfortunate death at some point when they. I were thought like, you were going to say prom. <laughs> well, that I know for a fact. For sure. But like you know, I think some a lot of people probably experienced like a, having to go to a funeral of like a younger person when they were like in high school, and so there were a lot of those aged people there. And I'm just imagining just like these fucking jerk offs, like holding this nerd down in their suits outside the funeral, making the guy making the nerd say that he likes big dicks because it's curtain ram and everything has to be a gay thing with them. Oh right, and it's just like Jesus Christ, yeah, with these, these monsters. Two. <laughs> but and Veronica, I don't even know if she sees this, but she agrees to go as a favor to Heather McNamara because I think now that Heather Chandler's dead, you know, she's trying to be more charitable to the other two Heathers who were kind of oppressed and they don't really have any guidance in their life now. And she says, as long as it's not going to be one of those things where they get shit faced and take us to a pasture to tip cows, cut scene to just that happening. Oh, <laughs> what, just one insane thing. I mean. I know it used to pop up in movies, particularly in the 80s for some reason, but like tipping cows, I, I never got. I, I don't know what what joy there is to be had there. And then it's like, let's take these two chicks. Yeah, and it just like <laughs> cuts day. to them. And these it's like hot, popular chicks. Yeah, it's like Heather McNamara doesn't look thrilled, but she's just kind of like sad. And then like she goes for it. Veronica though. is just pissed. Well, then it's like, yeah, they cut to like Ram laying on top of heather and you're just like is this a rape going on it seems she's kind like of it. like fighting it, it looks, off it's very rapey looking now and then kurt is chasing uh veronica down but he's <laughs> all drunk date. yeah he's drunk and he falls in some mud or something and then jd interrupts and and takes veronica away now this i will say jd points this out i was thinking this too she does go on this double date which is a date without really any hesitation i mean there was a little hesitation i feel like you know i don't know how she claims she was gonna tell jd about it but he kind of just drove off from the funeral yeah i would be like you know and jd to his credit is quick to be like so you just went on this date i thought we had kind of something going here so you're saying this is almost his motivation for what comes next uh i think it's i think he was on a, a spree anyway i think there was gonna be a body count you know right. but uh i do think that th- it was convenient that these are the next two 
Right. Well, no, there is a specific reason. We're about to get to it. So the next day at school, um, <laughs> odd that they went on a date on a school night. I guess it's the next day. I don't know. Maybe it's the following Monday. Um, you know, we find out that uh, I think one of the guys working on like the yearbook or something is like "Teenage Suicide, Don't Do It" is the number one song in the country. <laughs> Westerberg finally got one of these things, and I'm not going to blow it. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> Jesus Christ, right? They're so kind of happy to have this suicide happen to them, and you know, Veronica kind of walks in and. They're like, oh, yeah, don't worry about the lunch poll question, but, hey, we need to get your input on the Heather Chandler yearbook spread. And she's like, what's that? She's like, what? And he's like, it's a two-page layout with her suicide note right up here in the corner. It's like, good Lord. And then he goes, it's more tasteful than it sounds. (laughs) And it's like, Jesus. Sounds like you defending something. But then... (laughs) This podcast, right? It's more tasteful than it seems. I will say, I was just thinking, you know, speaking of like Jennifer's body, it is funny, like thinking back to that episode we did, and it's like the opening of it is like twenty minutes of us defending Jennifer's body, and then we get into the regular episode. <laughs> well, let's you know, it's important. So this is okay. So there's some gossip amongst the people working on the yearbook, I guess, and it, it turns out that Kurt claims that he and Ram had a nice little sword fight in Veronica's mouth. <laughs> Which is like, like, whoa. Right. If I heard that, like, I think, like, I guess it's, like, kind of in this bragging way. Like, let's say I'm friends with Kurt. Is that it? Kurt and Ram? Yeah. Like, Kurt's telling me, yeah, you know Veronica? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, me and Ram went out with her last night, and we had a sword fight in her mouth. I'd be like, why? (laughs) What? It's like, wait, so she blew both of you at the same time? Yeah. It's like... I, I, this yeah. is pretty advanced stuff for high school, I, by the way. Yeah, I would have never. No, yeah, advanced stuff for high school. Advanced stuff for high school in, <laughs> in 1988 right. too. It's like I don't even hear about this till I was like 30. It's <laughs> like, wait, yeah. what? <laughs> Two guys in her mouth. Yeah, I don't know. It, it is a yeah, weird. It, it, claim. I guess like, I, but it's kind of weird though because it's kind of. I think in 2018, the idea of like two dudes. And one chick in a threesome is probably seen as like not Normal. as not as gay, right? <laughs> because I, th- you know, I think a lot of this with the Kurt Ram stuff is like the gay subtext and the gay panic and like the homo the homophobia and it's like, are they actually gay? Especially with what Veronica and JD do to them, it's like, well, were they actually gay anyway? Even beyond the joke that they pull, it seems like it's on the table. But yeah, so I think like the sword fight in their mouth in 1988, it, it would people would be like, oh, that's kind of gay. Like that kind of reaction yeah. is probably like supposed to be. But I mean, it, it's almost, it is kind of like a shocking line because you're like, Jesus Christ. It's like, I definitely didn't hear about that when I was in high school. Like that kind of yeah, like, talk. <laughs> I would be like, oh, she was willing to hook up with you and th- that's the move you chose? So she... She gets with JD to like hatch this plan of revenge and it involves her like calling Kurt and being like, Hey, I want you to meet I want you and Ram both to meet me in the woods behind the school tomorrow morning before school starts and she's like, like what wow, is this plan? Brilliant. Uh she went for it. Yeah, it it definitely is reminiscent of that like the the kind of recurring joke in like Jay and Silent Bob stuff of like Jay and Silent Bob having like the same girlfriend or whatever. It's kind of just like, I, it's kind of just this weird thing where Kurt and Ram are like completely cool with like oh, right. 
both going for the same chick at the same time. It's like it's very advanced stuff. Oh yeah, <laughs> total varsity moves, as they would say in Jennifer's body. But like, is Veronica an idiot? I think we talked about this leading Probably. into Heather Chandler's death. But like, uh, JD starts coming up with this whole elaborate thing about Ickluge bullets. Which are supposedly these kind of bullets that will look like they've killed someone, but not actually kill them, which doesn't even make sense. Yeah, what did she, she didn't stop and ask for more of an explanation there. Well, he even asks her before he says this, did you take German? And she says, no, French. And then he says this, ich luge means I'm lying in German. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like, I don't know, they come up with this whole suicide note for Kurt and Ram where they kind of come out as gay. They set up a whole scene with like all these things, like um, like a gay magazine. I will say, a postcard this is of Joan Crawford. One of the things I think is legitimately funny: the fact that the mineral water is was indicative. The ice, yeah, right. that was the big thing. That's why it indicates that you're gay. gay. <laughs> so you know, us carrying a couple of mineral water bottles into the Kesha show. <laughs> so you know they. They basically shoot Kurt and Ram and make it look like they've entered some sort of suicide pact together. After that, Veronica burns herself with a cigarette lighter, similarly to how she got into the shower with all her clothes on. I mean, I'm kind of trying to speed through this. Um, <laughs> True. We have gone on at length here. So, th- I mean, Veronica's kind of breaking down at this point because now she's realizing that JD is actually like a psychopath and she has no control over the situation whatsoever. And... They're screaming at each other at one point in the car, and the two right. Heathers walk up, and then this girl... Still com- kind of carries on dating him for a little while after this, though. Right. And this girl runs up to the two Heathers, and she's like, did you hear? School's canceled day because Kurt and Ram killed themselves in a repressed homosexual suicidal pack. And she says it like that fast. Right. And then Heather Duke's just like, no way! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I will say that even though this movie at a certain point starts to like get a little hazy in terms of the story and you're kind of like I don't even know if I care. This is kind what's of it happening. for me. It's the the after these two dudes die, it's kind of the cutoff. Actually maybe when like the one dad says I love my gay dead son or whatever. <laughs> yeah, well, what I was going to say was even though half of this movie is kind of forgettable because it gets so weird and off the rails. I will, uh, there's so many funny funny lines in oh, this. Yeah. I mean, it is like it's one of like the funniest is in terms of just like clever wordplay, clever stuff. It's one of the funniest scripts I think, you know, as far as the movies that I'm into. I mean, it it's kind of the originator of a lot of the clever writers that we've kind of referenced, you know, whether like Diablo Cody or whoever, but I mean, it's just it's brutally funny and it has like the right kind of dark sense of humor that appeals oh, to true. a creep like me. Not much going on for that writer, though, right? I mean... He did write some other stuff, but, yeah, nothing, like, on this level as far as, like... I mean, I think he worked on bigger movies, but usually with other people writing with him. Like, I think he did, like, Batman Returns, but other people were involved. Not quite the same feel. (laughs) No. None of his other movies have this kind of feel to it. Yeah, at the funeral, though, there is, like, the hilarious thing with uh, Kurt's dad being, like... (laughs) My son was a homosexual, and I loved him. I love my dead gay son. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And JD is making Veronica laugh, and then she sees, like, obviously one of the... Because the boys are having, like, a joint funeral. 
she sees like one of the boys like sisters in the front row like little sister like turn around to see who's laughing and she's and the little girl is crying and then like veronica just kind of gets like a like a disgusted look on her face like oh no she's realizing that like this is not all fun and games even though she has already realized it several times it is dark uh she's like and you know this is where we get the iconic line dear diary my teen angst bullshit has a body count (laughs) you know also a reference from first to last yeah but mrs fleming the teacher that i mentioned earlier now is like truly reveling in the outbreak of teenage suicide going on at westerberg high like she is just eating it up this is her moment to shine we find out that JD's dad is in demolition and construction, and this kind of seemingly gives JD some ideas because it's like he's kind of describe. He sh- actually shows JD and Veronica a video of him demoing a building, like it exploding, and it right. kind of gives JD some ideas. Um, this is where we also find out that JD's mother committed suicide by walking into one of these buildings right yeah. as it was about to explode. Veronica. Really should kind of start putting these pieces together. Well, Veronica like, just breaks up with JD at this point. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, almost right after he's right. like, hey, my mom killed herself. She's like, you know what? See ya. I know I stuck with you through a couple murders, but I don't want to deal with this yeah, emotional this baggage bullshit. Dark. <laughs> so now, this is kind of like where the movie gets super confusing, because JD starts in with this weird kind of secret blackmail like relationship with uh, Heather Duke. Well, it starts as blackmail. Right. But then turns into like an agreement. Well, yeah, he the, he kind of a petition is involved. Yeah, he kind of briefly interacts with Martha Dump Truck, which we don't actually see most of that interaction. Um, but apparently, he talks to her and he gets a picture of Heather Duke hanging out with Martha Dump Truck as kids. And this is so horrible, <laughs> right? That this is- it makes her willing to do whatever and. Basically, the idea is that JD wants Heather Duke to become the new Heather number one. Yeah. So Shannon Doherty, who was kind of like the low girl on the totem pole, is now supposedly going to be the leader, which I guess makes sense because Veronica's kind of she doesn't want to be, even though she would be the likely successor. She doesn't want it, and the other one, Heather McNamara, is an idiot. Like oh. she is just right. <laughs> she's a shell of a human wh- being when does the petition come into play well we're getting there okay so veronica breaks into heather chandler's old locker this this really doesn't mean anything to the whole story other than i found it strange that heather chandler who you know is the first heather that they kill she had a 10 year old magazine just like in her locker yeah that like, is you can odd. see like the thick like Vogue or Cosmo or whatever the magazines are. And one of them says, like, whatever, 1984. And it's like, well, that's, like, four years old. That's kind of weird. And then the other one's, like, 1978, it says on she the spine. She was a uh, collector. Yeah, it makes, me, it makes me think maybe there was some depth. Yeah, I think so, too. <laughs> so Heather Duke seems to enjoy being the new head bitch. And she takes to it pretty quickly. Oh, absolutely. All of a sudden, she's got some funny, sharp lines. <laughs> yeah, she's, she was like, <laughs> I was built for this, baby. <laughs> and I will say Shannon Doherty looks very young. Okay. She, <laughs> well, I mean... I would agree. This is like what... I mean, what year did... Uh, she got the she got the lead role in uh, Beverly Hills 90210 because of this movie, I oh, guess. Oh, okay. And, All right. Uh, but like, what year did that start? Was I have that no 90? idea. Uh, two people on this podcast, only one has watched 90210 from the first episodes. 
Oh, well, that's true. I mean, I only made it like five or six probably in. Right. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea what year it was that It was that like started. 89 or 90, so it was like pretty shortly after this. But, yeah, uh, Veronica attempts to reconnect with Betty Finn and invites her over to play croquet. And it's just like Betty is so goddamn pathetic and won't shut up about it. This is like one of those weird things with this movie because it's like all of a sudden Martha Dump Truck is reintroduced. All of a sudden Betty from oh, the first... back in the mix. Yeah, yeah, everyone's being reintroduced that we forgot about because they haven't been in the fucking thing for an hour and a half. But Betty, again, she's just like, I'm a virgin. <laughs> I would skip my birthday too if I had a date. I mean, it's just... <laughs> I mean, it's like... It's <laughs> me. Real, it's real sad. Like, right. And you're just like, Jesus, Betty, could you just pretend to be cool for a second? Yeah, it's like I don't know. She could have just... some confidence, Betty. You sad sap. I mean, they, yeah. I mean, they do. They act like she's as bad. I mean, as Martha Dumptruck, who is truly a sad case. I mean, she's yeah, morbidly obese and very homely. But like Betty is a cute chick. and oh, it's just absolutely. maybe a little awkward, right? But like, and she has glasses, which I guess is like the worst thing. Just that can an happen. indictment of <laughs> bad looks. Yeah, I mean, it's the uh, she's all that yes. of movie logic where it's just like a girl, if she has glasses, she might as well be killed. <laughs> she has no value. Right. And then the Heathers show up kind of scaring Betty away. And that's really oddly, <clears throat> I've always thought this was strange. They reintroduce Betty into the story here to show like Veronica trying to like reconnect with her past and her old friend. But then... She just kind of abruptly leaves when the Heathers show up, the two remaining. I got to get out of here. And she, that's cool it. Cool chicks are here. Yeah. She, that's the whole rest. She's not really in the rest well, of the movie. That's it for Betty, so yeah. like, why was she brought back for this? I don't know. And Heather McNamara, the tall one, the cheerleader, she seems happy to have Heather Duke running shit now. She seems like... I have Very a leader again. Ready, yeah, she's ready and willing to follow a new leader. She's like, okay, all is right with the world. Um, Martha Dumptruck actually for real tries to kill herself by walking into traffic with like a note you know attached to her shirt or yeah, whatever not a well thought out plan i feel like there's a lot of room for error yeah she does survive um but she is the only westerberg high student to actually legitimately try to kill herself whereas you know, the other students were murdered and this is intercut with like mrs fleming the the teacher saying just more absurd things on the news Veronica flipping out about her making suicide seem cool and like all this stuff. And then Heather Duke shows up to tell Veronica about Martha and she says, just an, <laughs> she's like, and Veronica's like, well, did she die? She's like, no, that's the, <laughs> that's the punchline. She, she survived. She's in intensive care. Just she another, botched it. She's just another case of a geek trying to imitate the popular people at school and failing miserably. <laughs> so cold. <laughs> Yeah, and this this prompts Veronica to slap her, and then like later in wait, does she try to slap her? No, she slaps her. That's later. There's another attempt, right? Yeah. So like later, Heather Heather Duke now says, "I mean, Heather and Kurt were a shock, but Martha Dump Truck get crucial. She was dialing suicide hotlines in her diapers, (laughs) (laughs) which is one of my it might be my favorite line in the entire movie. Yeah, she was dialing suicide hotlines in her diapers." It's so fucking cruel, yeah. but so good. <laughs> Just brutal. But that's when the girls put on like this popular radio show, which 
you know, irrelevant that it's just being introduced to us now because yeah. whatever. But Heather McNamara, the, their other friend, <laughs> calls in the popular radio show because she's depressed because the last boy that she had sex with killed himself, Ram, and then she's failing math and that she's she was supposed to be captain of the cheerleader squad and she didn't get it and all this stuff. But I will say, like, it's a stupid little throwaway scene, but it's fucking hilarious. Well, right, because she's other, trying to, like, Veronica, come up with a fake name and everything. Well, yeah, and, like, Veronica and Heather Duke are listening to it and just sort of openly mocking her. <laughs> yeah, Veronica goes, she knows we listen to this. She's right. almost, like... In di- like just disbelief, like yeah. panic, like I can't believe she's this stupid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she's like, I don't know. It's it's something that has been re- repeated probably a million times. I'm sure Heather's is not the original thing where you have someone calling into something and trying to come up with a fake oh, na- yeah. name and failing at it. But the way that it's very well executed and very funny. So then we get more of oh. Well, Right after this, Heather McNamara tries to kill herself. Veronica tr- stops her. JD is still propping up Heather Duke as like God, the social. It, it is like holy queen. shit with all the stuff that's happening at this point. It is just like nonstop. Yeah, it, it, I think that's like kind of the weird. It's the weird pacing of this movie that throws you because I think at the beginning it plays at a slower pace where you kind of are enjoying the action and what the characters are saying, and then like the second half is like almost non-stop plot like right. which is random things it's happening. a lot of detail a lot of suicide and suicide attempts and then murder they just throw in random attempts. scenes where people are sitting around listening to the radio <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> jd you know is continuing to uh back heather duke as this like social leader and he gets her to go around getting students to sign a petition I can't even w- remember what he tells her the petitions for, but it's, it's for it. Everyone signs it to say that they thought that Heather number one was a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> she deserved to die. Right? No, I. I don't even know. It's it's irrelevant because that's whatever. Wait, doesn't it have to do with that band somehow? I don't know. I don't know. Big fun. Yeah. yeah I don't well, know. she's like referencing big fun while holding the petition. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I don't. I don't really. I I don't remember. Was Big Fun gonna come play at the school or something? I don't know. Okay. So so there you have it. <laughs> well, I said no, I don't I, know. I don't know. And either. then you kept so guessing just, like I was gonna know. Well, but I don't. All right, don't I'm know. speculating, not asking. I'm not looking it up because it's not important. Okay, and we so have too JD, many notes left. <laughs> no, we're we're almost at the end All of right. my notes. Shockingly, because we sped through this. JD wants to set up. Secretly, I you know, unbeknownst to Heather Duke, obviously, JD wants to set up her suicide next. And Veronica's like, fuck that. I'm not doing this anymore. And this is fucking bullshit. She's like, we've already broken up. Quit talking to me. Yeah, it's over. <laughs> Let alone trying to include me in this shit. Although it is like kind of naive on Veronica's part to think I could participate in a couple murders and <laughs> walk get away. Out of this scot- scot- free. Yeah, like I don't even have to deal with this guy anymore. This leads to like the dream sequence, which is like you're not. It's weird because it feels very real because it starts in the room, the bedroom, and then it oh, goes yeah. into a kitchen. And then I guess the moment you you realize that it's a dream is like Heather is just like sleeping on a couch at right Veronica's house, and you're like that doesn't really make any sense. But it leads into Heather's funeral, Heather Duke, and then Heather uh, Chandler, Heather the old Heather number one reappears. Oh yeah, in a outrageous outfit (laughs) and she's just like the afterlife is so boring (laughs) but yeah i mean all of this it kind of just furthers to like muddy the waters of like what is a very confusing ending to the film which kind of 
leads into Veronica faking a suicide that for some reason, I guess, JD buys. So he thinks Veronica's actually dead, but then goes to school with the intent to blow it up, and yet no one is talking about Veronica oh, being no. dead. So it's like he didn't get any confirmation that she's actually dead, and right. no one seems to know or care. But he's not suspicious of it, so he tries to blow up the school. He, The big reveal, I guess, is that there was no petition. It was really a he, – he put some kind of paper over top of what it really said, and it was like they're all signing a suicide so note, yeah. which makes no sense. Although it is weird, though, because I was thinking, like, with all the bullshit that that Mrs. Fleming is doing and, like, the stuff on the news and everyone holding hands and acting like suicide oh, yeah. is, like, this normal choice. I was like, it almost does seem believable that there would be a mass suicide at this high school at this right, point. Right, Because everyone is seemingly, like, so wrapped up in that, like, group thing, which is basically, you know, what the movie's really now, talking about. Now, this whole uh, end sequence at the school is just insane. Yeah, well, I really... It's hard to even understand what happens right. other than like veronica shows up and spoils the plan basically and yeah. shoots well JD gets into a bunch like of times. altercation with jd there's a whole moment where she's asking him to stop the bomb which is like why would he right and then she shoots him which causes him to accidentally stab the wires to the bomb which stops the whole operation now, it's completely bizarre. I mean, he's just kind of like tying up dynamite around the school. It doesn't really look like a well-put-together, you know, explosive situation. No, and especially when later he just takes those explosives and wraps them around himself and then blows himself up in the parking lot. And I will say, that last scene is fucking cool. <laughs> when she's, one? like, standing on the steps of the high school outside and, like, uh-huh. the shot is, like, from behind... I just think it's like a cool scene when she's like holding the cigarette in her mouth. Right. Well, yeah. After he, uh, after JD blows himself up and she's like all like fucked up and like Heather Duke is like, you look like hell. And she's like, I've j- I just got back from there or something like that. And right. She kisses Heather and takes the, the uh, red hair tie from her, which I guess was Heather Chandler's in the beginning. And it's oh, kind yeah. of like the signifier of who's in charge kind of thing. And she's like, there's a new sheriff in town. And then she asks yeah, bitch. Martha dump truck to hang out and watch videos instead of going to the prom because JD is dead, which for that some stuff reason, is all really cool. Right. But what I was going to say was JD took those explosives and wrapped them around himself and he blows himself up. Not that many feet away from Veronica and Veronica didn't die. No. So it's like didn't even get injured. She just kind of gets a little would blowback. Would that explosion in the basement have actually done anything no, to it doesn't the people seem like above? It. I mean, yeah, it doesn't really seem like he knew what he was doing even though his dad was like a demo guy or whatever, but Yeah, I mean, the ending is kind of a sloppy mess. Although right. there are great lines up until the very end oh, basically. Yeah. It's more just like the actual story is kind of convoluted and weird. Again, it's like there's so much shit in this that you're like, this would never oh, play yeah, it's today. It's so ridiculous. Yet, it's funny. I do think the overall message of the film is as important today as it was in 1988, if not more so. Well, I mean, yeah. I think we're... With, with social way, media with, yeah, now, the that, like, that whole mob mentality thing. Group is, think, yeah. you could get people to think one way, and it totally is 100% misinformed or flat-out wrong or whatever... And you know it's very quickly, yeah. Corrected the next day or whatever. Of people like, just freak me out. I don't, uh, you know, people getting like really into politics and stuff. Just like those 
I don't know. When I see that shit, it just makes me feel really uncomfortable. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think, like, it, no, I, you know, I think everybody kind of has, like, their own feelings about some of the major issues or whatever, but it's it's seemingly now that, like, whether it's um, politics or some offshoot of that, you know, whether it's, like, social issues or whatever, it seems like no matter what side you're on now, it's it's less about having, like, kind of any kind of nuanced opinion or kind of open discussion about those opinions it's like or the idea that like every scenario is like a specific it's its own thing and like that that means nothing to people it's just like we can just generalize everything and all gang up and have this opinion about it we well yeah i mean there's much more of like a fascist approach now to anything it's like if you don't share the same opinion then you need to be shamed and you should lose your job We're gonna try to find like bad stuff about you and like right yeah it's it, there's a lot of like wish hunts about various things or whatever and yeah i mean I, I do think that at the heart of heathers is is kind of like hey this kind of like group think mentality is ridiculous right and crazy and 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 yet it's so weird that like they're dealing with something as like shocking and as horrible as something as like t- teen suicide, young people and like at the beginning of their life with so much going on and it's like you know ultimately these people aren't even really killing themselves but that is almost irrelevant to the how the adults and the other students are even reacting to it and it's just yeah. like could have been a whole different narrative if we actually had some solid police in this town but. <laughs> CSI Sherwood, Ohio. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's just like, you know, we're definitely li- like living in a time where uh, there are certain topics that are kind of off limits. And I, I certainly think like this kind of um, violence done in a comedic way involving like high school people is just would never even. No. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's no audience for it and nobody would want to do it. Um but again, I would point out that like nothing in this movie really feels real, though. No, it's like no. A, I mean, it's definitely uh, like a, a surreal kind of thing. Yeah. But you know, again, there's you're not really that's kind of like surreal. It doesn't matter. Like surrealism kind of almost you know implies like some sort of nuance, and again, there's no no allowance for nuance in the, these kind nope. of things. So <laughs> anyway, back into that again. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Yeah, uh, I feel like this was a good app. Uh, I, should we also point out? I don't know if we've done this every time, but one of the lines from the uh, intro in this movie. Correct. That yeah. is Shannon Doherty from Heather's right. saying, "Veronica, why are you pulling my dick?" Yes, a good one. <laughs> That's that altercation, which we didn't really cover in our rundown, is actually like a pretty funny. Uh, altercation because that's when that's what you were referencing when Veronica goes to slap right. Heather Duke yeah. a second time. This time, <laughs> she stops her. Counter, like, yeah. Heather's like kind of more with it, and it's always like confusing to me. I guess maybe because of the dream sequence. Uh, but I'm always like, it is weird that after Kurt and Ram are killed, no one else actually dies except for JD at the very end. Right. Yes. <laughs> but it feels like more people die. Yeah. There's a lot of fake outs. <laughs> Yeah, because Martha Dump Truck survives, and Heather Heather McNamara tries to kill herself for a second, doesn't succeed. Heather Duke doesn't get murdered, and uh, right. Veronica fakes her own suicide at one point. So, I mean, it's like, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's um, kind of a beatdown, that whole sequence in the second half. There's just so much at play. 
So anyway, but, thank you for listening. Yeah. I would uh, say uh, good ep. I felt good, good episode. This, uh, uh, we really left it all out there. Yeah. We will be coming back uh, very shortly with episode 99. So uh, holy shit, stay tuned. Follow There's the show. Uh, some buzz going around there about episode 100 and not us this time. Oh man, I can't wait to hear it. Uh, <laughs> follow the show on Twitter at Greatest Pod. Stay subscribed, even though you know there probably aren't that many episodes left. Of the right? Show. Yeah. <laughs> Tell your friends. Because, you know, we'll keep the catalog up for the inevitable end of the Well, show. yeah, I mean, as long as we're still briefly. alive, which, who knows? Briefly. We may have to open up a page Well, yeah. Anyway, so thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time.
Hey guys, what would you think about a reunion? Nothing big, a few new songs, mostly old stuff. <laughs>